0: Hello, and welcome to the fourth episode of my podcast, Everyday Wife. If you're new here, welcome. My name is Annalise. I am 24. I'm a wife. I'm a mother to a little boy who was just born in January, and I talk on Instagram about biblical womanhood and homemaking, theology, things like that. My handle is feminine underscore not underscore Feminist, So you can find me there. Although I'm assuming if you're here, that's because that's where you originally found me. So regardless, welcome. And today we're going to talk about work and productivity, our attitude towards work. And I'm going to share my own experience with that and how I grew from absolutely hating, despising and detesting work um, to accepting and embracing it as this beautiful part of my everyday life. So with no further ado, we'll jump into that. Um, I do want to give the disclaimer that this podcast is not going to address the nuances of, of chronic illness, grief, um, or anything, just being in a season where it's much harder to work and to be productive because of things going on in your life. I'm talking about sort of the everyday battle that many of us have with getting up, off of our butts and doing the work that God has given to us, whether we're a student or a homemaker or an employee. And I know for a lot of women, they have expressed to me that they really don't struggle with laziness or being productive because their particular struggle is they always feel like they have to be doing something. They always feel like they have to be contributing constantly. And their struggle is to just simply rest. If that's you, this podcast may not be super relatable, but I hope you enjoy it nonetheless. So first I want to speak to our attitudes towards work. And it can't be just me, but somewhere along the way, growing up, I picked up this idea that work was number one, a distraction from the really important and more enjoyable stuff. And two, that it was something to avoid, delay, or pass on to someone else whenever possible. It wasn't necessarily that I hated or loathed work although there were times for sure like that but I just viewed it as this continual annoyance and this part of life that I just kind of accepted and resented like it just kind of clung on unnecessarily and you know I had to deal with it so and if you love work and you're a go-go-go person and productivity energizes you and it just comes naturally to you Again, may not be super applicable, but I think that for most of us, even those who are naturally inclined to like work a little more will at some point struggle with finding joy and meaning in it. And it's funny because sometimes I just think, okay, why in our human nature and in our hearts, Do we avoid work? Is it the physical exertion? Is it the mental exertion? Is it the repetition that bores us? Is it the seemingly endless nature of work or the fact that we have to repeat so many things every day and it lacks a a semblance of progress? Whatever your particular difficulty with work may be, many of us do have a sluggard-like spirit, um, the sluggard that's described in Proverbs that I'm going to talk more about later. And so I do want to share some of my work history, just to give context to where I'm coming from and um, the different experiences I've been through to get to this point. My first real job was at 16, um, and I worked in an after-school program at a French immersion school with lots of kids, and it was kind of the dream job in some sense because I got to speak and practice my French, spend time with kids, and be a part of this really wonderful school culture, but it was still a job. And since then, I've been a nanny for multiple families, done lots of babysitting. I've worked at a grocery store as a cashier, building pallets, organizing and stocking shelves, interacting with customers. Uh, for two weeks, I was a receptionist at a doctor's office, which did not go well. And for two weeks, I was uh, worked at a call center. I've been a French tutor. I've done a bit of my own yard work business, weeding and raking and stuff like that. I've done content creation for a nonprofit. And my last job before quitting to have my baby was as a barista, And that one, I didn't actually think of so much as a job because I just really loved it. And all of those experiences, I would not trade them for anything. They all taught me something important about work. So that's what I want to explore in this podcast is the spiritual significance that work has in our lives, how we can stop fearing and avoiding it and rather grow to embrace it as the gift that it is. And yes, as something that's been tainted by sin and by the fall, but as something that is given to enhance our lives, not to take away from that. And if we take advantage of it and stop treating it as this icky, yucky thing to avoid, always watching the clock, whatever, how it can be such a great blessing to us. I think this is applicable to any stage of life, married, single, working inside the home, outside the home. We all have some kind of work to do. It is an inescapable part of life. That's the first sort of theme I want to explore is first that the fact that work is unavoidable. I think we've all met individuals, uh, especially if you have ever worked like at a grocery store or something like that, because you work with all sorts of people, but we've all met individuals who absolutely hate showing up. They always have something to complain about. They are grumpy. Um, Nothing ever is just right for them. They hate work and it doesn't make them happier It doesn't take their work away from them. It's just their attitude about it is really miserable. And I think that was me for many years, even though I wouldn't express that on the outside because, you know, you don't want to be a complainer. But my inward attitude was still very, okay, I got to show up and let's just get this over with. And it's sad thinking about it because if we view our daily tasks as something to get over with then we're basically eliminating the opportunity to enjoy this entire part of our lives. If that makes sense. So that's the first point. Work is something we cannot avoid. Um, We can only choose what attitude we're going to have towards it. And yes, I guess you can avoid work in the sense that you can simply choose not to show up if you're an employee, or you can simply choose not to clean your house and make dinner. If you're a homemaker, you can simply choose to not study if you're a student but it has consequences. So for those of us who are committed to doing the work, we can't escape it, Um, but we can control the attitudes that we have towards it. Philippians 2.14 says, do all things without grumbling or disputing. And Ecclesiastes 5.18 says, behold, what I have seen to be good and fitting is to eat and drink and find enjoyment in all the toil with which one toils under the sun the few days of his life that God has given him. For this is his lot. Work is our lot in life. And I think this was more understood at different times or maybe in different parts of the world um, where there's not as much access to things that make our life instantaneously easier or instantaneously more comfortable. That's just if you live in a rich, uh, relatively wealthy um, society, with access to, you know, the modern things that make our lives easier. There's something wrong with that, but we've sort of lost sight that work is inevitable. It is our lot in life and we cannot avoid unless you are independently wealthy and have someone come and clean your house and cook your meals and do absolutely everything for you, which I'm guessing that's not my listenership at this time in life. So that's my first point. Work is inevitable We can't get rid of it, but we can decide what kind of attitude we have about it. I worked with someone who had a very difficult life, Um, not something I'm going to go into all the details about, but a lot of things happened to them outside their control, very, very difficult things. And they told me that at a certain point, they just decided I'm going to show up and be joyful for work. And I can tell you, this person had a much harder life than most of the other people that were working there, including myself. And had the best attitude of anyone I've ever worked with. So I learned a lot from this individual. And I started to to make a concerted effort to show up to work with a good attitude and with excitement. And to think about all the things I had an opportunity to do that day. When I was working at the grocery store, I had an opportunity to move my body and to exercise. I had an opportunity to interact with customers And maybe be the only person they would come in contact with that day that would treat them kindly and well. And as I began to think this way, it transformed my experience of work. And I I remember it being very hot outside and I was on cart duty. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make this fun. Um, I'm going to get these carts and run with them and... Can do this as fast as I can and make this an opportunity to get some exercise. And I mean it sounds silly, but what else should I have done? You know, just grumble and complain or just try to pass the time. Um, what else am I gonna do? You know, I I wanted to enjoy even this simple, even seemingly insignificant job that I had, and I knew this job wasn't gonna last forever. Um but that it was what God had given to me to do at the time. And I had better do it with all my heart as unto the Lord and not as unto man. So knowing that work was inevitable, knowing that I had huge power over the attitude that I brought to work. I also came to understand the importance of doing a good job and not just doing the bare minimum, but doing an excellent job. Like I kind of mentioned before growing up, I had a very, an approach to work that was like, I just had to get through with it. I had to get done with it as quickly as possible, um, because I had better things to do, but then the quality of my work would suffer for it. My workmanship would suffer. And when I was working at this grocery store, I had tasks like, um, reorganizing the candy aisle. And so instead of looking at it like, oh, I just throw some things together and try to put this together as quickly as I can. I thought, you know, how can I make this aisle look absolutely amazing? How can it be beautiful to the customers when they walk in and they can find things that they want to find? And, you know, my employers will be pleased with the job I'm doing. And then I set my mind to doing an excellent job in the candy aisle and maybe in your life, it's not a candy aisle, but maybe it's, you know, doing your floors in your house or making dinner, or maybe it's being a student and choosing between quickly, you know, getting through an essay or between doing an excellent job. Um, we all have choices in our day between doing the bare minimum and doing what is excellent and above and beyond. And obviously, there's going to be priorities in our life where we're not always going to prioritize everything to the same extent. And some things should take further priority. And I understand that. But what's the attitude that we have towards our duties? Is it to just get through with them as quickly as possible? Or is it to put our heart into it, do the best job we can, display excellent, excellent craftsmanship and workmanship, even in something as simply simple as a candy aisle Um, because it glorifies God. Martin Luther said that the Christian shoemaker does his duty, not by putting little crosses on the shoes, but by making good shoes because God is interested in good craftsmanship. And this quote has stood out to me as kind of a a paradigm with which I try to approach things is that how am I to work as a Christian? I'm to work well, um, 1 Corinthians 10 31 says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. We tend to think of things in our life that give God glory being like worship or evangelizing or reading your Bible, but you can give glory to God by simply doing a good ta- a good job with the task that you've been given. And um, that requires a paradigm shift if you've been used to thinking of only only super spiritual things being important to God, but it's all important to him. And I find that very encouraging because I know that I'm never just just doing the dishes. I'm never just cleaning the bathroom. I'm never just organizing the candy shelf. I'm doing it as unto the Lord. And maybe you're listening to this and you're like, great, I agree with all this, but I just have such a hard time getting up and Doing anything. And I want to address that because that was me. When I first got married, I had um, one day of the week, Friday, that I designated to sort of be my cleaning day. And I remember just sitting, like I would get the vacuum cleaner out or whatever, and just sit there and procrastinate, procrastinate, procrastinate. And even though it was a very small apartment, and all I really had to do was two to three minutes of just passing the vacuum cleaner, I would just get so over overwhelmed is not really a good word because there was nothing to be overwhelmed by, but internally I made it this huge deal so much bigger than it was. And I would see people that appeared to be so productive, like it just flowed out of them. Like they woke up just excited to clean their houses and excited to make dinner and excited to do this and maybe that's the ladies that are just more inclined to productivity and it's harder for them to rest. But I would see people like this and be like, okay, what, what is wrong with me? Um, you know, I wasn't dealing with depression or chronic illness. It wasn't anything like that. It was simply, I had a lazy spirit. And I think I want to bring Proverbs into this because I've talked with individuals who've said, you know, there's always something deeper though. When, when someone doesn't feel like working, that's gotta be, you know, a nutritional issue or, it's, you know, chronic illness or something like that. And I recognize that those are things, but I'm coming at this from someone who really had no reason beyond my own love of comfort to, to neglect the task that I had to do. It was purely that I preferred ease over industry and that I didn't really want to move or I didn't want to do something that I didn't consider fun. So, that's what I'm coming at this from. And I have talked to women who've said that was basically the same struggle that they had. Um, They simply didn't want to work. So I'm going to share some verses from Proverbs that speak to this so well. Proverbs talks about the sluggard and that is who I was and still am tempted to be sometimes this, this idea of this slow moving, um, person that's just resistant to exerting themselves beyond their own comfort zone um so proverbs thirteen four: the soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing while the soul of the diligent is richly supplied proverbs 14 in all toil there is profit but mere talk tends only to poverty proverbs 19 15 slothfulness casts into a deep sleep and an idle person will suffer hunger Proverbs 19:24. the sluggard buries his hand in the dish and will not even bring it back to his mouth. Proverbs 20, verse 4, the sluggard does not plow in the autumn. He will seek at harvest and have nothing. And here, this is just powerful. Proverbs 6, 6 through 11, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise. Without having any chief officer or ruler, she prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food in harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest, and poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. I think it's interesting that Proverbs tells us about different types of people. It tells us about the seductive woman. It tells us about lady wisdom. And it also tells us about this person who is the sluggard. The sluggard hates work the sluggard will do anything to avoid it the sluggard suffers because when it's time to plant he ignores his field he doesn't go out and plant and then he goes back in harvest to see if there's anything there and of course there's nothing there but he's so he's so addicted to ease and to comfort that maybe that's not even enough motivation for him so you know i read i read those things and i see myself in them. I see my natural tendencies apart from the Lord's work in my life that, yep, that would be me. That would be me always trying to skirt around, do the bare minimum, who expects to get more than I actually deserve based on what I worked for. And, um, praise God for showing me this and the work he's done in my life, but I still have to battle that tendency every single day. Sometimes I'll share you know, the things that I'm accomplishing throughout the day on my page, just to encourage others. And I love to see that when other people share it and people say, well, how do you do, how do you do all that? How do you do all that? And it's funny to me because I think if only you knew just how much my sin nature hates work and, and tries to avoid it. However, as I have grown in this area, I have learned, not to hate it the way I used to. And I have learned to actually enjoy so much of it and to enjoy the process, not just the fruits that it yields. Um, Because, you know, we all love when our dinner comes out or we've baked bread and it comes out and we love eating it, but maybe we don't love the process so much. And because I recognize that the process is essential to the final product, I may as well enjoy it just as much Um, not just as much, but I may as well take delight in it and, um, and thank God for the opportunity to work hard and to work with my hands because that is truly a gift. And speaking of this idea as work as a gift, Genesis 2.15 says, the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So work existed before the fall. It was after the fall when, when the ground was cursed and it says Genesis in Genesis 3:17 through 19 and to Adam he said because you have listened to the voice of your wife and you have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you you shall not eat of it cursed is the ground because of you in pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you and you shall eat the plants of the field by the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground for out of it you were taken for you are dust and to dust you t- shall return so work existed in a perfect world in this perfect beautiful garden that God had created but it was after sin entered that the toil of work entered, and the ground was cursed. And so, instead of it just yielding bountifully for us, um, it it it's cursed, and thorns and thistles it yields for us, and we have to we have to sweat and toil to get the food that we need to eat. So I sometimes wonder what work would like would have been like before the fall because you know even as 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 a christian as i approach the work in my life and i learn to love it and enjoy it of course there is an element to which it's still tainted by the fact that we live in a sinful world so how much better in a perfect world would this gift of work just be to experience so if you are someone who who like me has has struggled to receive the gift of work um and to to be industrious and productive with your time. Um, You're not alone. And, you know, we are fighting, fighting a curse in a sense. Um, But I do want to share something that I shared on my Instagram about work as I wrap this up. Um, it's, It's this. The irony of idleness is that the more we neglect our tasks, the heavier they become. A life of perpetual ease and comfort eventually becomes burdensome. When we avoid hard work, it looms large and ominously in our minds. When we face it head on, it loses its threat. We see that work is not an enemy, it is an opportunity. Thomas Edison said, Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and looks like work. Work is part of the terms of life. You can run from it, but it will eventually catch up with you, or you can walk straight into it, joyfully and willingly. Work is a doorway. Everyone wants what is on the other side, but few want to actually walk through it. And that's the last point I want to make, that we live in a time that allows us to have so many of the benefits of work without having to do the work for ourselves. And I mean, don't misunderstand me. I am thankful for tools. I am thankful for machines. I am thankful for being able to um, go buy something that I don't have the means to grow myself right now. I'm so grateful for that. So this is not me condemning, you know, modernity, Um, but we do live in a time where things come more easily to us. And so we sometimes make the disconnection between something we have and all the work that it took for us to get that. And like I said, work is a doorway. We all want what's on the other side, but few of us actually are willing to walk through it. So I guess if my final encouragement of this podcast would be, be the person that's willing to walk through the door of work to experience the blessing of what is on the other side. We are sold so many lies of entitlement about you deserve this and you deserve this and you deserve this. Um, And it can really blind us from, from the true but liberating reality that, no, I need to work and put in the effort to get what comes from that. I can't just receive these things um, like a spoiled child without expecting to work hard. I can't just just expect opportunities to fall into my lap. I have to seek them out. I can't expect dinner to make itself. I have to go in there and start chopping things. I can't expect my marriage to just sail into something absolutely amazing. No, I have to do my part. I have to fulfill my role. I have to fulfill my obligations um, before I can experience so many of these blessings. So that is my encouragement through this. Be willing to walk through the doorway of work. Understand that it is inevitable and that while you can't control whether work is a part of your life necessarily, you can control the attitude that you have towards it. You can also control... The job, the kind of job that you do, are you going to do a bare minimum job or are you going to do an excellent job? And are you willing to look at scripture and see what it says about the sluggard and pray that God would, would work in you to, to break away that love of comfort, that love of ease and to experience the blessings of industry and productivity. Now, obviously I didn't go into talking about rest in this podcast, and that is a huge uh, a huge component of this. We are not made to work all the time, every single day. Um, God commands that six days you shall do, on your, do all your work, but the seventh is a Sabbath unto the Lord. On it you shall not do any work. So um, it's still telling us six days you shall do your work. There's six days that we're commanded to work, and the Sabbath is for rest. This podcast is not about rest. That's a great topic, and... Maybe one that would be better dressed by someone else because I just I'm still learning a lot about that. But we are commanded six days to do the work. And if you live a life of perpetual comfort, ease and entertainment, then rest isn't really rest. It's just kind of an extension of your life. Um, It's only rest if it follows labor. It's only rest If you're resting from something. So before we talk about rest, which would be another topic, we have to discuss what we're resting from. We're resting from six days of good God glorifying work that he's commanded us to do to give him glory, to bless others, to stay um, busy because because idleness is a tool of the enemy um, for just temptation and gossip and sin. Um, so, so let's start viewing work for the incredible opportunity that it is. Let's start thanking God for it and get to it. Thank you so much for listening.